He'll come back for the second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. They're going to get back for two. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the 81 All Out podcast. This is Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at Sidbi on Twitter. And I'm joined today by two regulars uh, on the pod. We have uh, my co-host, my usual co-host, Mahesh. Hi, Mahesh. Hey, nice to have you. Hey, and uh, we also have uh, Kartikeya at Cricketing View on Twitter, uh, who is a blogger, tweeter, writer, uh, apparently a very strident voice on cricket, Kartikeya. Hi. Hi, hi. Yeah. So, uh, and Mahesh is uh, at Cornered on Twitter. I'll link their Twitter handles. I'll link uh, Kartikeya Substack. I'll link some articles that are relevant to this pod. Uh, thanks for joining. I need to, before I start, I just want to mention, I haven't been mentioning this in a while, but uh, thank you to all our uh, regular subscribers uh, via Coffee. That is ko-fi.com. Uh, you've been, you know, very generous, uh, sending us uh, regular monthly contributions uh, and supporting the pod over a long time. Uh, and some of you have uh, actually been going on for quite a while. So I thought I must thank you all. I mean, you can go to the obviously I can I will link the coffee page to for with all your names on it, and I've thanked you individually there. So yeah, I must mention that I'm very appreciative. Anyway, so today on the podcast, I thought uh, we'd talk about a topic that uh, you know keeps coming up regularly in cricketing discourse, but something that we don't seem to discuss in depth too often. Uh, this is the idea of uh, greatness in cricket, and especially the idea of greatness across eras. And now in this social media age, you regularly have you know some publication will post something saying this person is the greatest bowler of all time and then there will be some 300 comments about why this is the most ridiculous post of all and all that basically there'll be there's like a constant discussion around greatness around cricket and then there's also this idea that comparing across eras in cricket is a uh, you know foolhardy exercise and that you know a vivian richards or you know or a say a vijay hazare who played so many years ago has there is no point in even comparing them with the modern players there is also the idea that you know there that every generation seems to have the idea that the generation that they saw growing up can never be surpassed that is of course a nostalgia tinted view that uh, often comes in because when you're the impressionable stage of your lives you believe that there can be nothing greater than this and there is also the third uh, sort of view where of recency bias, where people believe that whatever they're seeing in the last five, six years is that nothing can surpass it, uh, that nothing has surpassed it. Uh, and so people with who perhaps haven't read uh, much or are not in the know of all that has happened in cricket will are likely to think that, uh, you know, Virat Kohli is the greatest uh, one-day player, at least, of all time and one of the greatest test players of all time. And you know, to be fair to them, they will point to all these records that he has amassed and the conditions he has played in and the teams the teams he has played against and all that. So, yeah, I just thought of exploring all this. There's also this whole much more fundamental concept of greatness itself, how one defines it, what are the parameters taken. Now, these days, we have a lot of stats and data 
to actually, you know, go with rather than earlier when it was pretty much like, you know, your average or you had to filter it down to which country you scored in second innings, who was the greatest second innings player of all time, who was the greatest. I mean, recently Gideon Hay wrote an article where he said Pat Cummins is the greatest first change bowler of all time, which I found very interesting. He didn't say he's one of the greatest bowlers of all time. He said he's the greatest first change bowler of all time. So, yeah, um, uh, you thought I'll bring you guys in. Um, early thoughts. What do you think of all this? Is it even worth it? Is it uh, why why is this so contentious? And uh, what are your general thoughts on greatness and greatness across eras, Mahesh? Yeah, I think cricket has been quite fortunate that we have uh, we have reasonably standard benchmarks to compare over time. I mean, this whole notion of bowling average in the twenties and and batting average closer to fifty or above fifty has served as a great benchmark, you know, when so much has changed, you know, like then uh, I, I was just checking, like when Bradman was playing, he played like 41% of the matches, you know, played around the world, right? Uh, so, you know, and just like a few handful of teams played and they used to go by ship and, you know, so many sort of things could change. Uh, and we still hail those two benchmarks as some sort of sacred, uh, this thing, which is fantastic to start with, right? Like, I mean, as a, as a tennis fan, it's it's... Like when you look at Grand Slams in the twenties, I don't know how to make sense of it because uh, when Sampras did, f- you know, fourteen, that that became a big thing. But even like even cricket, for instance, of course, the 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 five hundred and six hundred clubs have been breached more easily recently with with the next generation and so on. But we still don't look at the absolute numbers. We still look at the average and the strike rate and 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 and, uh, and the effectiveness and and the spread across different conditions and so on. Uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed. I enjoyed so long as it's done with a spirit which is sort of for fun. The moment it gets into like very serious territory of uh, of a you know X is great and Y is nothing and and flat track bully and and stuff like that and and it all it always involves some level of contempt for either the the current generation or the previous generation and both are ridiculous, right? I mean, like for instance, one of KD's. Uh, pet peeves is to kind of point out the fact that that there's this too much nostalgia in cricket analysis, right? You always think of the past uh, with sort of rose-tinted eyes, uh, glasses and so on. But the point is, I mean, these guys are extremely rich. They operate uh, at a time when playing cricket is so lucrative. They can just forget about the rest of the issues and focus exclusively on cricket, which was not the case. I mean, even in the you know post-Bradman, even in till Chapel or probably even till Border era, uh, the money was not great, right? I mean, they used to manage so many other things and and if all they get is like a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of you know uh, praise uh, and 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 sort of celebrating them as superior it's okay i mean that's the least that they de- that they deserve from us so yeah i think uh, kd's uh, theory is fundamentally that it is likely that every generation will only get better than the previous given the uh, tech, uh, advances in you know uh, science and know-how and things, right? I mean, KD. I mean, you have you said that the average bowler of today is likely much better than the average bowler in the 80s. Is that something that uh, is? Am I interpreting it correctly? So that's not unreasonable. No, I mean that they they have better facilities, better equipment, uh, better support, uh, better everything. So they are, be- but that doesn't really matter right i mean they are not playing against the players in the 80s right so 
whether you're great or not is a measure of how you did against the players you played against no i mean so and and in any era you you if you can you can say how far apart from the norm for that era the player was and that's what decides greatness no i mean uh, fine you you have a, a very very batting friendly era in the 2000s the first decade of the 2000s especially like from say 2002 to 2013 even in that era if you have a player who's averaging 70 that's still like one order of magnitude better than the players who averaged like 50 55 in that era right so that that player is still doing something which his peers are not able to to match so that, that that is a that, that that greatness is sort of being exceptional among your peers that 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 for, for a sustained period of time i mean you do it for 10 matches and that's one thing you do it for 80 matches that's another thing I mean for one thing over 80 matches the range of conditions you will encounter is very much likely to be wider and more challenging than what you would encounter over 10 matches it's possible that pat cummins is a better bowler than dennis lilly also because you know pat cummins is a record in which you know he's played more widely across the world he's played in asia he's played in england he's played in australia he's played in south africa and he's done well everywhere whereas dennis lilly hardly played in asia at all uh, and you know he played in west indies at a test indies was awesome and record was decidedly was then it was still so for all those reasons you know you sort of conclude that pat cummins a better bowler than dennis lilly but that still doesn't mean that dennis lilly wasn't a great bowler right i mean he, in his era dennis lilly was still doing something which you know not they can't think of two or three more bowlers in that era who did that yeah okay so so the good that you brought up cummins which you invariably do obviously but one of the things here is that uh, one of the challenges of what do you what do you mean what do you mean i invariably do it is true he is a better bowler he is one of the greatest bowlers of all time Yeah, no, 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 but I you never... don't have to like. For instance, it is generic question, right? You could have picked two batsmen. We could have picked two other bowlers. <laughs> it didn't have to be like. I mean, there there are hundred bowlers to pick from for, to to compare, right? You could have compared Dennis Lilly to let's say, um, um, Lindwall or whatever, right? You could have had all kinds of comparison. You could have compared Bumrah to Kapil Dev. Yeah, you could have compared uh, Rabada to Donald. Yeah, but you're you're just at least I'm not comparing some parochial Rohit Sharma, man. Then he's genuinely all time great. <laughs> Okay, no, that, that's what the the issue of uh, Cummins or a player who is current in currently active is that I mean, for all practical purposes, for all that Cummins has done, yes, it's still taken. He has still taken two hundred wickets. Okay, fine, two hundred wickets is a great achievement. That's understandable. But do you have? Is there is a sort of a strain of thought that says that one needs to wait before one can even talk about. talk in the terms of greatness in the all time scale uh before you know until they they are done because what if say one year later god forbid uh cummins gets a injury and his career is just cut short then in the sort of the historical perspective you he may not be uh, considered one of the greatest of all time right because of the l- lack of volume or lack of quantity or you know even though he has a phenomenal average we all know that He, we, we all have seen what he has done, and obviously, 
people who watched him will know his greatness but i'm just talking about the much more wider perspective uh yeah perhaps you know i mean if if cummins's career ends at like say 50 tests then yeah then he'll be judged like as a player who played 50 tests you know he won't be judged as a player who played like 120 tests and took 500 wickets which he's probably not going to take anyway because you know i mean he's is he going to play 75 more tests do you think i doubt it i mean he's played 44 tests in 11 years or <laughs> around 11 years so he's but, but, i mean but, he had but the 11 years is an exaggeration right? right in his case essentially the, there was one test in 11 and like the rest of his test career started in 2017 Yeah okay yeah he had and then he had this long stretch where he didn't play and all that yeah, yeah. no no sorry i i had to weigh in here see the, i am um you know you could have taken any bowler and argued that like a current bowler has a lot of significant advantages and therefore he ought to be better right that the next generation sports people or athletes have to be better than the previous generation or at least a couple, a couple of generations back and that's a fair point but dennison is particularly tricky because one you know this whole argument that he didn't play in asia is is fine but you can't hold it against him it's not like he played in asia and had a bad record i mean he 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 did have a bad record in pakistan but the sample size is so small uh and the other thing about dennison lee is that one his his uh, duration of playing was like what 14 years and he played immense amount of cricket which was which was not just test cricket right they didn't have the advantage of just playing prime test cricket and prime international cricket and nothing else so they played a lot of first class cricket and a lot of uh, even like league cricket and so on and and that too admittedly with, with sort of less fitness knowledge and less fitness support and so on right and so you you are you are like talking about playing 70 matches over 14 years and and uh, pat cummins has played what 44 and essentially 5 years right so there's that the duration matters i mean some people have played 20 years and and played hardly 100 tests right the duration matters the other thing is that with with uh, the 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 most important difference between lee and uh, cummins is that cummins bowls with a more potent sort of uh, bowling attack um whereas lily did not have the the privilege of doing that all the time of course the legend has it that lily and thompson bowled a lot together but they didn't bowl as much uh and he bowled a lot with with a with pretty much a thin bowling attack around him and more, if you look at the number of overs that he bowled he's bowled like 14 18000 some balls as, as per cricket for that's uh, that's what 3000 overs right 3080 overs um cummins has the luxury of bowling much lesser even if you adjust for pro rate of 44 tests he's bowled 1588 overs um, you know about half of it uh, when he's played much more than half of his test matches and so on even there i think there has to be some contextualizing for the fact that uh, you know uh, there were other factors to to consider right and like one of the classic things said about bradman is he, he played just like you know in in two conditions and three countries and so on but the point is he was so far ahead of the rest um, and that's where you got to compare how cummins i mean the point that kerry made earlier is that how far ahead is cummins compared to the current pack and how far ahead dennis lee was compared to the to the contemporary bowlers of his time and that's really the so when you're comparing across eras that's what you're comparing like you know in their era how dominant were they and is that comparable 
Yeah, and also that Bradman conditions point, I mean, it's like we are looking at it from the modern lens, you know, and where we everything is, uh, we think is standardized and all. First of all, it's not even standardized now. I mean, in uh, all the grounds in England, it's not like you have identical conditions, all the grounds in Australia, it's not that way. But then there was also this whole concept of uncovered pitches and uh, you had, when it rained, the pitches would drastically alter and all. So Bradman did have multiple conditions. In fact, one of the criticisms of Bradman was that he was bad in uncovered pitches compared to, say, you know, uh, other players of that uh, time, uh, the sticky dogs, as they call them. So there was a lot of conditions were different. Perhaps, yeah, I mean, he didn't have to travel. He didn't have uh, jet lag, as much jet lag. Uh, he had no jet lag because he probably... No, no, but no he jets. had to travel more even for one series in England. Than most people do now, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, but he went. The, the journey itself was like uh, you know, so many days when they went by ship and all. So it's not yeah. like they are. It's not the he, rapidity he of travel. Yeah, but he didn't have to travel more. England and Australia are just equally far apart, even then. <laughs> yeah, but but, uh, that, yeah, yeah, but the amount of time true. you spent. Right? <laughs> that's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you you live in a hotel for like six weeks or whatever it is it takes for the crossing. No? Come on, you can fall sick. You can like you know you don't get the food. Now they bring their chef and all that, right? The, England no. fell sick this week. I know, despite despite all the privileges. That's my point, right? Uh, the other see the other point about this is that okay one. You're looking at whatever, right? 10 teams versus two or whatever is, you know, if you look at whole international cricket, a lot more teams and so on. But what makes you believe that this is like anywhere closer to the peak? What if like, you know, 150 years down the line, there are like 45, 50 teams playing test cricket. Then somebody is going to look back at Sachin and say, oh, he just played against nine countries. Come on. You know, this whole long-termism is is very problematic. (laughs) No, I mean, even now... uh... People do mention, right? Like, like when Sachin played, how uh, weak this team was, how weak that team was, and how, like, for instance, you know, when uh, he played against, uh, I, I, there was some some stat about recently. Anyway, I mean, there is even a qualification for Sachin even now. Like, even though it's just been like ten years since he finished, there's still like a sort of there are still qualifications for his career. Yeah. Uh, KD, anything to respond to that uh, Lily point about the intangibles, uh, a term that gets to your, gets under No, no, okay, let me clarify. Mine was not intangible. They were tangibles. I mean, I, I hate the intangibles as much as uh, KD does, but mine yeah. was not intangible. Intangibles don't exist, man. <laughs> okay. I was just saying that to troll you, but yeah, continue. No, but uh, the, the, weak, uh, the weak team's point is a good one because... Uh, uh, interestingly enough, I think great batsmen appear more commonly in weak teams than in strong teams. Uh, you know, Lara, Tendulkar, uh, at their peak, they played Headley. with uh? Martin George Crow. Headley. Yeah, Martin Crow, George Headley, etc. Et at their peak, they played in like uh, pretty average teams. They, but the, 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 it, it, there's a corollary to that. I mean, the, one, of the, one of the most like nonsensical uh, uh, parameters, if you will, let's be generous and call it a parameter of greatness, is uh, how many match-winning contributions a player makes. Was he a match winner? What does that really mean? I mean, it has a. In in one sense, it does mean something really interesting and clever. In that, it's that the player is so much better than the peers that the player is going to be able to score runs or take wickets in conditions where 
player other players are not going to be able to do it and he's going to be able to do it in a wider range of conditions compared to his peers uh and so therefore if the player appears as a match winner because the player is more consistent so but then there's the whole match winner thing where that on that particular day on the fourth day on the afternoon you know when the sun was low in the western sky and uh, you know the shadow of such and such ground was falling across the pitch and you don't uh, have to say such and such a ground you can just say chepok that's fine yeah. you can i know you i know you want to say it <laughs> yeah and when uh, that time he skied one and like wasim akram took a pressure catch and etc uh, etc et so not a match winner there is no such thing as a match winner no i mean the everyone does their thing and the match result is a cumulative you know conclusion based on the contribution of 22 guys so but it, this match winner thing is a is a peculiar thing in greatness you know when you must play when it matters you know is i know you love that phrase no no and it keeps coming up in other sports also now the football world cup is happening and then you know this messi people are like you know messi has never won a world cup because you know he's not a world cup winner uh, he it's uh, he doesn't have world cup winning ability i'm like what is this world cup winning ability man you need like nine other, you need like a whole team to win a world cup like not like and people have this uh, sort of a random uh, thought that uh, diego maradona won the world cup by himself that nobody else was needed around him he just by himself he won the world cup i'm like you guys are like uh, what are you talking okay let's not go down to the the clutch and the big moments again <laughs> Yeah I mean I, but the point is that this comes up in multiple uh, multiple occasions of course and and it's transcendent I know, it's that like a, it's like a frankenstein monster man it's a horrible thing No so no, by that logic Kurtley yeah. Ambrose is a lesser match winner than Damien Fleming right like <laughs> because he won more matches simply speaking he was part of more match winning teams No world cup also for Kurtley Ambrose Yeah no world cup winning ability Yeah. Kurtley Ambrose, Courtney Wall, so many people. No, no, but it's like ultimately, it's what it's that moment that it's that moment of uh, what do you call it transcendence, right? Like Shane Warne, for instance, Shane Warne in the '99 World Cup or Steve Warne '99. It's it's almost like you have to find that moment to assign to that certain player, which then gives them that greatness attribute. It's not it's not necessarily what happened throughout their career. uh but it is what happened on one particular day in one particular time and so yeah kedi you're right if if that uh, match if that um, if india had won that match in uh, chennai that we that you mentioned in 99 uh by scoring what 17 runs that were needed after tendulkar got out then that innings would be viewed vastly differently than it is now i mean then tendulkar would be the match winner even though like he perhaps was even that day it was the others who were not uh, able to complete the job true true but you know there's a there's also the whole uh, thing about he uh, you know uh, if you have uh, if you have tendulkar uh, doing very well and being a very as a doing very well as a rule which he did because you know he's terrific player great ability you know more ability than most of his peers uh then 
the thing is that people seem to notice that the 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 one period when he doesn't score you know therefore there was there was a time in around like uh, the 2003 world cup especially after that uh, you know the final where uh, i think megra got him out or somebody got him out yeah, very megra megra yeah in the second over or something the, there was the whole thing about oh final mein usko jamta nahi you know his final is not his thing it's like uh, it wasn't true even then i mean he had a pretty good record in finals and stuff i mean actually the thing is yeah but the big match if finals, you have coca cola cup is not finals was world cup final ah uh, that is true that is true even if the world cup final is played on a road like you know, like it in what was it uh, cape town no no johannesburg Wanderer. and Wanderer. even though even though the sample size for his world cup finals are two yes It's, and one of them chasing like what 350 or something right like yeah and that too chasing 350 in 2003 like not in 2019 yeah i mean 350 in 2003 is basically like uh, what 550 or something today so yeah. in a world cup final that means it's 750 yeah yeah you know world cup final it's even more like right? it's you know this is you have to give a exponent to it but it's a it becomes like a you know there's a great great story about i remember from the 90s i don't remember the australian commentator was involved uh, he was commentating with gavaskar it's probably good that i don't remember but uh, they were talking about like uh, you know indian batsmen who were struggling in australia i think it was 99 and uh, this guy he says uh, you know your players you know to prove that you're great you have to play well in these conditions in england and australia and and he was going on and on and gaskar got a little bit cheesed off and said ah so you mean dennis is not a great bowler uh, and and uh, because you know how gaskar is gaskar gets pissed off when people say bad things about india and so he sort of it's his sort of he has to plant the flag so he did and uh, so the guy without missing a beat the australian commentator says no dennis is different dennis was a great bowler <laughs> you know so it's like there isn't like a you know greatness is a is a device often you know and so i'm not particularly interested in greatness in that sense and and the, the greatness as a device keeps appearing in these conversations you know it's like i always think that you know i used to have this one uncle uh sadly he passed now but you know when india we won you know uh, he used to say i don't know aple changle khele means you know our guys they played really well today huh? and then when we india used to lose no when this is when i was in school he used to say kai to the india which means say what what your india look what they did you know so so when they lost it was my india and then when they won it was his india you know this is like you know that this is just a it, this is just a device so i mean this is the point being made is something completely not related to sport that's not really interesting so i think we should leave aside that aspect of greatness entirely in this conversation but except to point out that that aspect of greatness and that sort of role of greatness as a rhetorical device exists but on the other hand greatness per se is a is an interesting topic of conversation and i i, I still think that contemporary players are better than their predecessors uh, for obvious reasons they have better opportunities better facilities more money etc etc but which is to say that also to say that if bradman played in 2022 he would probably really be you know still average 90 i think because 
he would also have today's facilities and today's equipment and today's opportunities no and and today's financial security and all that so i i, I think that that that's also the converse is also true like if dennis lilly bowled today he would probably be you know as good as you know the greatest bowlers of the day no i don't think he would be like a average bowler today i don't think it works like that but i just think that for what they did in their era and what these guys are doing in this era if you compare those two things then this what they are doing today is probably better yeah and also uh, yeah i mean you two points here one is that i mean if just the gavaskar point is is slightly important because like if just hypothetically imagine if aksar patel were to play like 80% of it if his tests in india uh you know he plays like whatever 30 40 tests he averages like some ridiculous sub 20 number uh, he runs through teams he doesn't play in england he plays you like mean, three tests in australia you mean if he was ravindra jadeja if he were if he were ravindra jadeja who doesn't play in england and plays like very little in australia and get, gets hammered basically uh it is unlikely that forget uh, english and australian uh, commentariat it is unlikely that even the indian commentariat will consider him great because there seems to be that benchmark from this the indian eyes or the subcontinental eyes that requires that uh, you know that performance in a certain condition to be anointed great but i don't think like i mean david warner i mean for all practical purposes i think is considered will will go down as you know one of the at least from the modern context he'll go down as a great batsman i mean of course they, he won't be comparable to a greg chapel or a neil harvey not that scale of greatness but i don't think australians or english people look at that uh, this conditions as closely as uh, subcontinental folk do you know what i quite like it that's the way it should be if anderson took whatever like you know he's got as many wickets as kapil dev uh, kapil dev test rally just in england which is a good thing even if ashwin has as many wickets in india we should celebrate it the problem is we do the opposite we we have this uh, habit of rating anything overseas as superior anything outside of the the subcontinent is superior and see at the end of the day people in england and australia don't take cricket as seriously as we do even their hardcore cricket fans do not think about cricket beyond the cricket season uh the the people who watch it throughout the calendar year are are a handful of people right and uh, um, you know like for instance if if you ask any serious cricket fan in india about the the home away you know record skew of uh, chetishwar pujara for instance everybody has an opinion on that like the amount of ridicule that um, someone like mahela gets on on the subcontinental social media is is a joke like a, a player like mahela in england would be celebrated as a god right uh, and that's the right thing to be honest because i mean playing even at home where you average 50 is a phenomenal thing and and it's not like mahela was playing on flat track he was playing on fucking square turn as where nobody else crossed 20 and he used to score 100 uh, you know like that's like victor trumper level of skill man uh, you know why would don't say nobody else when when you had tilan in the team don't say nobody else huh? no, no but there are uh, instances <laughs> where nobody else did by the way so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. mahela's like uh, i mean perhaps i i won't even say like subcontinental uh, wise i don't even know why i'm saying that but i'm saying that just to make this point of what people will say is that i don't think there's been a greater player that i've watched in these sort of uh, conditions than mahela yeah so that's the right thing to do to be honest like you know i 
in, instead of actually attacking let's say the english and the aussies saying oh why are you not looking at one as a way record why are you celebrating michael clark when he's mediocre outside um, we should probably do the opposite and celebrate people like that that we have here uh, rather than putting them down i think we have got this massive complex of doing well what is that the sena filter is a classic example right i mean sena is a joke because south africa did not exist as a test playing country for the longest time right like somebody gave a sena record of gavaskar that makes no sense you know yeah. but that is essentially what that is our complex right nothing else i think i am absolutely okay with it sorry just to go back on the on the match winning part and and these big moments part that uh, that kiri mentioned i don't know how too much on it but there was one particular incident that came to uh, mind uh, when ben stokes played that epic uh, uh, ashes uh, fourth innings chase 100 against uh, australia uh ashes of course australia uh you know uh, bob willis was asked this question uh, is it better than botham's heading the innings and there was a headline which is bob willis thinks stokes innings is better than botham's right i was like wow what a headline and then you you go into the video and you see it yeah it's not even a question i have said that botham's manchester 100 in the same series was better than his heading the 100 because heading the 100 was a fluke <laughs> so that's which is, which is a great point yeah yeah which which is what it is i mean sometimes cricketers talk like that and some other cricketers say oh great moment big moment the great player flourish uh, but but you know these great moments are hazy man like you just some work a great player on an average will boss some great, some sort of these uh, what are called what is that clutch moments and then sometimes they don't and it depends right like it is like inzimabul haq winning against bangladesh with the last wicket in hand people wouldn't remember but if you do the same thing against australia people will remember now both are like clutch moments right but what sticks in memory like the coca cola cup versus the world cup is is essentially your the, the problem of your memory it's got nothing to do with the the difference in situation i mean inzamamul haq uh, first of all he did it twice once against bangladesh also he did it that's not <laughs> okay. that, that wouldn't be remembered yeah. right yeah but you're saying it the australia one would be remembered yeah but 94. both are like in, if you talk yeah. okay let me put it this way right if you're talking about clutch i would like to believe that if you're one wicket away from losing to bangladesh is a greater pressure you don't want to like people will be a lot more tolerant of you losing to australia than you losing to bangladesh so purely from like objective definition of pressure this should be more pressure like you don't want to be losing to bangladesh right no don't go into objective definition of pressure and all okay that, that's just like you will be chasing your tail for the rest of the youth's honesty no no i mean I'm, when i say objective i'm saying sarcastically i don't mean it <laughs> um yeah i mean no but yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead no no i i'm saying okay one of the things that uh, you know uh, you had mentioned i think maybe last year or something when india india toured south africa is was interesting that you said that this is this south african team is perhaps better than many of the teams that have gone before and initially i found that to be a an absurd comment because you know i said how can this team be better than the team from you know the team from the 2000 teams from the 90s but then when you made the point about the fact that when we are looking like when the generation when my generation is looking back at south africa we are looking at a south african team that was like that hammered india especially when india when when india traveled to south africa right but this south african team beat india by like they beat india 2-1 in a very very close series 
So then what happens is that from my eyes, this team will never be as good as the previous team. But that is also because from my eyes, I watched a middling Indian team get hammered by them. So there is that bit that people don't take into account as well, right? Yeah, but this is the this is the whole premise point of you know comparing how teams are doing among their peers, you know, and how players are doing among their player peers. You know, I mean, look, you in the nineties, India were a mid-table side, and South Africa were at least in South Africa. That meant that India were never going to be competitive. So, for South Africa, beating India in South Africa was fairly straightforward. You know, there was not much. I mean, there was only Kumble was really a threat, uh, a wicket-taking threat, and that's saying a lot. Uh, but in 2022, there this was a serious Indian attack. I mean, and and it took a lot of good fortune in a low-scoring series for South Africa to win. Um, so you you have to. I mean, I mean. you you can always tell no where where a team is in its era right so for instance in every era there will always be a top table side or top table sides and there will always be mid table sides and there will always be bottom table sides so that's common to all eras right so you can compare eras that way you know you can say that okay yeah in this in the 90s india were ranked 5 or 6 in the world as as a, as a rule and in in 2020s india ranked one or two in the world as a rule and that means that playing against india in 2022 is a different proposition to what it was in the mid 90s so then you can say start saying something about you know well okay so making runs against india in 2022 is harder than it was in 1996 97 or uh, 92 93 or whatever 2000 or whenever you want to 2001 2002 for instance you know i don't think this current indian side would lose a test match to an attack made of, led by nanti hayward and makaya and tini they just put it i don't think i mean that but uh, i mean they are uh, but but playing an against an attack made of, led by kais or rabada is a whole different ball game man. that's that's like that's like facing prime donald who didn't have his greatest years taken away by apartheid yeah there are two points to that right one is this indian fans perception of the south african team not being anywhere close to the earlier one because india were a mid table team then but even if you take uh, india out of the equation it is fair to argue that the general perception is that right they would like if you to go tell an english or an aussie fan uh, they would have a, a similar reaction as well not so much actually kartikeya's point is very valid here when you bring in intini and hayward that sort of bowling attack i guess then people will concede that this bowling attack is better But if you talk about Donald and Pollock and and that kind of bowling attack, one you know the the Donald and Pollock that you are evaluating of the late late nineties is not the bowlers of the late nineties. You are evaluating them after their career has ended, and retrospectively you going back and thinking of them as legends. I mean, they were in the process of being legends when they were playing, right? That's one thing. So so it's entirely possible that this batch of bowlers will go on to acquire a similar status fifteen years down the line, right? that's one part but even with donald and pollock the the depth that kedi argues about is extremely valid because the the third and the fourth bowlers were not as good at any time in in their history brian macmillan and who else 
my Brett Schultz for a brief period, but he played very little. Oh. In fact, Brett Schultz when he played was the first bowler, not even the fourth bowler. Oh, yeah, Simcox. Yes. Simcox, no. No, no. I'm saying the fourth, uh, the the seamer. I'm trying to compare oh. it to the current attack. I forgot to win who it might have been. Uh, anyway, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Why, yeah, I mean, the why that? I mean, compare the 2010 uh, South African attack to the 2022 South African attack. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? So Tsobe and uh, who was the fourth bowler? Harris uh, were the behind oh, Markle, behind Markle yeah. and Stain in that in that series. And you can see it in the figures. No, I mean the Markle and I mean, you, and you can see it especially in. The figures of that era when South Africa are playing Australia, that, that you know, the, their figures against Stain and Mo- the Australian batsmen's figures against Stain and Mockel are decidedly average, but their figures against the change bowling are, you know, gargantuan and they're, they're just hammering the change bowling. And they're not going to be able to do that now, no, in 2022, because the change bowling is better. I mean, Nortier is a serious bowler, man. I mean, he's, 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 I mean, he must be one of the quickest South African bowlers in the last 30 years. Yeah. And and Maharaj is uh, a serious spinner. I mean, uh, you know, uh, he's perhaps, I, I don't know, he's perhaps the best spinner in South African cricket, right? I mean, uh, uh, Hugh Tayfield maybe, but I'm saying after, recently. I mean, yeah. both yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, and I mean, Maharaj also has the benefit of not being an off-spinner, no? So, I mean... Is effective against right-handers who still make up the majority of lineups he faces. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, when you brought up um, Nithini and uh, Hayward, uh, Nanti Hayward and Nithini, I thought of that uh, lovely little nugget that Firdos Munda mentioned when she came on the podcast here about how uh, they were perhaps the only set of opening bowlers who could not understand each other. Uh, Hayward spoke only Afrikaans. Uh, Nitini spoke only uh, his language. I think it was Hosa. And they could not communicate with each other. And she's like, I don't think there would be any other set of opening bowl or any other bowling partners who would not have understood each other. So, yeah, that was interesting. Mid-table point is, I think the other thing that you brought up is also like, you know, for for me, I mean, it's the reverse. Like for me, the South Africa, just as much as the South African team of the 90s and 2000s were like giants because they were tulping India. It's like we were getting 66 all out and 100 all out in Durban and all. The other is also true. Like like Nasser Hussain, uh, Graham Thorpe, Michael Atherton. I mean, that sort of that England team of the 90s and 2000s is I, I, in my in my head is always like, you know what? They got hammered against Australia all the time, but they were getting hammered against a team that was the greatest of all, like perhaps the greatest of all time. So whether to judge them on that yardstick or to judge them on the fact that they were actually good players. I mean, uh, I, I would never consider Nasser Hussain like, uh, like I would I would have thought, oh, Nasser Hussain, pretty average player. But I think Nasser Hussain was a much better player than average. And he, they, they also like, they also played in a harder era to score runs, right? I mean, okay. The so the, the that era of English batting is a, is a good comparison to the current era. My argument is that there's not much difference. You know, one of the most popular sort of arguments against uh, the current current teams in general, and particularly current English and West Indies teams, is the fact that nobody averages forty, right? Uh, you know, even even averaging forty is so difficult. 
but that's because of the fact that you know they tend to play against better teams more often than before so there is no that's because of the fact there is no there are no ravalpindi type pitches all over the world <laughs> yeah that's one thing also teams right the, the, the kind of teams that you played against now if if the bowling attack across the world is, has got more depth which means it's harder to score runs where it gets peculiar is the in between these two generations where the pitches are flatter right and therefore the it was easier for you know kevin peterson to average as much as he did jonathan trot to average as much as he did trescothic to average as, uh, as much as he did so and the, the 2005 ashes gang enjoys his reputation of being this great english team primarily riding on the 2005 high and also the fact that it was just a flatter era so it's easier to you know make a case than some when a majority batsmen are averaging in the mid 40s that it was a greater batting batting unit but but objectively speaking i'm not sure yeah but that doesn't really i mean look i i, I tend to think that the indian lineup in any era is as good as the indian lineup in any other era in the in modern times like well, once you say that you know the the game has become professional and etc uh, etc et and you know the the facilities are pretty much at the same level and the the pitches are pretty much at the same level uh, you know okay sometimes they may be more bowler friendly sometimes they may be flat fine but assuming that you know there there's variation in all eras uh, then i think the batting lineups are basically equal i mean i think that's also true about england and it's also true about australia and also also true about west indies etc now yeah there are one or two really exceptional players who come up from time to time chief smith or tendulkar or uh, you know okay fine let's say peterson uh, etc etc but you know their their effect is not as much as people think it still doesn't change in a test match whether or not a team is going to win or not you know that that's decided by the bowling and the bowling depth is one thing but the pitches they get to bowl on is also a, a, another thing no i mean the if if for instance you know you have the current indian bowling lineup and they are playing in an era where you know on average the pitch is more likely to be like rawalpindi than it is likely to be like you know i don't know whatever whatever cape town this year when india or some pitch like that right then the bowlers are going to get worn down over a period of time you know they won't stay fit for as long and their their figures won't match up and you know then uh, the whole the consequences of them having skin in the game uh will catch up with them you know some of them will get dropped because they have a couple of bad test matches some of them like uh, you know harbhajan happened to harbhajan singh in 2006 inning in pakistan you know they played on two absolute roads you know i mean india like in one of those roads pakistan made i think 680 and considered a first inning lead to india <laughs> and in the second test they made again they made like uh, sorry in the second test they again made like more than 650 or something and india responded with 400 for one or something like that this is this is just like no no it was the reverse the first test was uh, that uh, 400 for one when sevak scored yeah. 254 and the second yeah. test was what you said that was dhoni's uh, thing yeah i yeah, yeah. so right you're right so what yeah, i mean a bowler gets murdered for that no i mean harbhajan singh didn't take a single wicket in those two tests uh, and he considered like 700 runs or something like that it's completely insane 
and that sort of thing can destroy a bowler no and that sort of thing can hurt a bowler for the next few test matches so yeah those sorts of things happen and those sorts of things you know affect outcomes to some extent but basically i think that eras are self contained no and they are because that's all that's there no i mean it's not like these players are uh, you know complaining that oh i did not get to play against that player or that those players. so you just play against whoever you have no I mean, what else are you going to do so i think the whole you know comparing across eras is not as hard as people say it is true that most cricketers don't say that i wish i had played against this team and in this era and so on but your particular case of harbhajan singh example is curious because every time ashwin takes a five for he always says that i wish i had played in this uh, the on these wickets so that i would have taken as many five fours right so are but why him all finger spinners generally say i wish i had played in the era of drs because i would have got so many wickets. yeah but not every time not every time there is a drs dismissal they come out and say it harbhajan just says it every time ashwin gets wickets dude he has a twitter account what are you going to do <laughs> no but also it's but uh, isn't uh, kd saying it's a fair comment to make given the era he played in no no it's a fair comment i am more no, cricketers should a, be making it but he was saying most cricketers don't say it i'm saying no narbhajan always says it but it's not a question of whether it's fair or not it's a lament i mean fine i have lot of time for and i think we should all have lot of time for you know things which players get off their chest Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, it is true that most cricketers would have those feelings, right? And and there are many different aspects to that. I mean, some people like the fact, okay, uh, someone who is probably a very ordinary Test cricketer who could have been an explosive T20 cricketer would be wishing that he had played in this era and so on, right? Uh, and there are many many sort of uh, wishful thinking and regrets and so on. And and it's it's entirely fair that they they was around. No, I mean, uh, I want to go back to one point that uh, Katie made initially about how you know a, a batsman who plays in a weak team uh, often seems to you know have that chance to be elevated. Uh, you know, uh, Tendulkar in the nineties, uh, Lara towards uh, the Andy Flower stage, Andy Flower, George Headley, etc. But if you look at the bowlers, it seems to be the reverse. Like a bowler who plays in a weak team almost has no chance. in this whole conversation compared to a bowler who plays in a strong team like for instance one thing that uh, recently came up uh, was the kemar roach right like how good a bowler is kemar roach and there were people who were you know they're suggesting that you know comparing kemar roach with the other great west indian bowlers and all but in the moment you mention like a roberts or a you know any of those bowlers that's it it's like there is no the that that's the end of the conversation you it's like you're being like a dimwit by even comparing kemar roach to a player who as great as one of those west indian quartet but i mean you look at the record kemar roach has been a phenomenal bowler in the last whatever years right and he's played in a weak team so don't you give shouldn't you be giving him more credit for playing in such a weak i mean comparatively such a weak west indian team and doing so well Yeah, but that's because the the whole the question of all greatness is not about how good a bowler he was. No, it, it is about how much glory he enjoyed. You know, because batsmen, great batsmen, you know, they they get to play lone hands, and you know, even if like they're batting with a tail and the opposition not trying to get them out, and they get from like a you know thirty and eighty balls to eighty five not out in a, in a one in a two twenty 
uh, two twenty all out innings, you know, and this helps the average. It 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 in in the in the public memory they remain as the one guy who stood resisted against the the opposition and so on and so forth. So that that's the story which gets told of a batsman who basically plays a hopeless innings and just happens to remain not from a competitive standpoint, right? Uh, but for a bowler. A bad innings is like bowling and going for like six hundred for four, like what happened with Roj in at first, you know. And <laughs> I mean, there's no glory in that. I mean, who's going to? I mean, Anil Kumble, uh, you know, his most, I think, one of his, you know, most extraordinary Test match performances came in your favorite Test match, you know, nine fifty two for six, uh, where he bowled, I think, like eighty overs or something like that in that innings. That's My really, favorite test match. Yeah, yeah it's really hard to do. It's really, really hard to do. You know, it's an extraordinary thing to keep bowling, keep bowling, keep bowling, keep bowling. Shane Warne, I think one of Shane Warne's greatest, you know, most extraordinary performances was uh, in India in 1998. You know, at that time he had basically been, uh, and I, I wrote about this. I think at that many, many died sadly. Uh, that he had been like this extraordinary bowler. You know who. He firstly he was a he was a leg spinner, which in nineteen in the mid nineteen nineties was like he was being a unicorn. Secondly, he was a leg spinner who bowled most of his time in Australia, which is even harder because there aren't that many leg spinners who done well in Australia. Then he was a leg spinner who bowled in Australia who got three hundred wickets at twenty three, which is like unheard of. It's, it's impossible. And then he comes to India. And he gets flogged basically, and he gets flogged because he's injured and he can't bowl his flipper, and so he's basically, uh, you know, really, really, uh, he's bowling at uh, handicap. But nevertheless, you know, he bowled 67 overs per Test match in that in that in that series, and he never once complained about how tough it was. He kept bowling, he kept bowling. It didn't work, but he kept bowling. That that's greatness in a bowler. But who remembers that? You you'd say you'd say give me the give me the great highlights of Shane Warne's career. No one's going to point to that thing. Yeah, I mean, talking about uh, Shane Warne, I mean the uh, I once uh, the late Shane Warne, I must say, I'd interviewed him about the 2001 Calcutta Test, the famous Test where India followed on and won. And you know, Shane Warne bowled what? I mean, in the first innings, he bowled like. Uh, 20 overs uh, for two wickets, and in the second innings he bowled 34 overs for 152 with one wicket. And the memory of that test, you know, is like Lakshman, uh, you know, coming down the track, driving Shane Warne inside out, and you know there is a certain measure of how Shane Warne got pummeled in that test. But you know, the his memory of that test was: see, I bowled 50 overs in that test. First of all, that's a lot of overs. Secondly, I bowled, I probably bowled like 20 to 25 bad balls, which they all hit for four. I mean, usually bat batsmen don't put away all the bad balls, but Lakshman and uh, Dravid and all these guys was batting so well that day that they put out put all the bad balls away for four. But if you see, if you take out those twenty twenty five balls, I bowled around two hundred and eighty other balls, which I thought were very good. And he actually remembers that spell as being a very good spell, and he was only appreciative that these batsmen had done well so well despite the fact that he had bowled well. Uh, that is a that is such an int- like a wonderful way to look at your performance rather than you know just saying yeah she <laughs> whatever like yeah, Shane Warne was I, pathetic on that day. I mean, it is 
it is a, it is sort of the, the view of a very very great competitor i mean in that 98 series the more i think about it the more extraordinary it seems because look at that time what shane bond was in his what mid 20s just late beginning to be in his late 20s and he had faced, had nothing but success wherever he went he went to south africa he got a lot of wickets he went to england he got a lot of wickets he bowled in australia he got a lot of wickets he bowled against you know european teams and he got a lot of wickets he bowled against asian teams he got a lot of wickets i mean his record against uh, pakistan was extraordinary and then he comes to india and suddenly he's getting hammered and this is a guy who's not like a renowned tourist you know this is a guy who brings his own spaghetti and tends to eat uh you know because he doesn't like the local local food very much you know and yet when it comes to his bowling i mean he it was extraordinary in that field, i think you know but you know it didn't work for him because you know firstly let's be honest i mean robertson and wilson and rifle were not exactly you know very good support but uh you know was i think an extraordinary performance both wilson and rifle are umpires now robertson i think went into music right after this thing but yeah, yeah. very 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 thin support cast for that series and of course navjot siddhu uh he's up against navjot siddhu who was like who thought spinners shouldn't exist in this universe yeah. so Az- azaruddin yeah. siddhu yeah yeah tendulkar of course yeah lakshman no so so lakshman so opening yeah talking of great bowlers for weak teams i and that 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 asymmetry is, is is spot on right uh but but you know given what it is we got to look at two people which is richard hadley and murli dhiran both are extraordinary exceptions and you know they could one single handedly tilt the balance of uh, power when it, when they played for their team and they they had a i mean if you, if you want to talk about true match winners that's probably the zone that we can probably look at uh, like single handed but i but i don't think either was a bad team by the way i think new zealand in the 80s was a good team and no, no, Sri Lanka... team. no no but but what about the bowling support i'm just saying that if you are the only great bowler in the team uh, the amount of burden that you got to take like kimar roach or chamindavas or you know chamindavas you can't say soul but at least fast bowler chavagal shrinath you know uh, you know when they bowled there was a, the, the reason why they could not have a great career is because they bowled for a weak attack like a jagal shrinath playing for today's indian team or a today's australian team would have been a superstar bowler right but despite the odds being against them especially for richard adley to to have that kind of a record is phenomenal and how do you neutralize that like if you want to compare richard adley to any other great fast bowler how are you going to neutralize for the fact that he barely had any support as compared to any other great bowler in that sort of league well i mean one thing is that uh, with both muralidharan and richard hadley they were basically really 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 superb bowlers you know and superb in the sense that they had sort of wicket taking ability in a wide range of conditions and added to that not only were they good at taking wickets in all sorts of conditions nobody else in their side was particularly that great at taking wickets in all sorts of conditions so they got a lot of wickets you know because there was nobody else to take those wickets in as 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 a general rule so they're not they don't have that much competition for those that's why they that's why their sort of wicket taking speed is extraordinary i mean that that's, that's sort of what happens to ashwin in india a little bit 
you know ashwin's wicket taking ability is extraordinary but he's really only competing with jadeja for wickets in india you know the fast bowlers do take wickets and that's been the case in the last 4 5 years but <coughs> the first like from 2013 to 2018 the fast bowling was not really taking that many wickets but ashwin balls ashwin was taking mountains of wickets so so to some extent the wicket aggregate and the so wickets per match rate is is shaped by how much you bowl what what is the range of conditions in which you are effective uh and how much competition you have for wickets now that's partly true but but for okay let's say that's the difference between a kimaroj and a shrinath and uh, uh you know and and plenty of other bowlers who bowl for wicket teams against as as compared to uh, hadley or murli than right it is only a benefit the fact that you are competing for wickets with fewer good bowlers uh, which tends to improve your aggregate and so on is only a benefit if you are in that sort of elite level right there, there may be like 10 other bowlers oh yeah yeah if, yeah. if they had the same advantage yeah. as as hadley and murli than could have you know gotten anywhere close to that they have i mean as as far as ability and range and that goes i mean they are unmatched i mean there's this 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 i don't i don't think there's any bowler who's you know better than them you know there are, that that goes that's absolutely true you know i mean murli dharan is extraordinary bowler i mean I, you actually there was a interesting question that came up uh, i just glanced at it today about you know uh, who's the what bowling attack would you pick if you wanted to take 20 wickets in this rawalpindi road uh you know and uh, yeah you know warn and murli would definitely be in it, in it if you are yeah i mean warn murli maybe like one of the pakistani greats wasim maybe imran who knew how to bowl oh i would these... i would say i would say warn murli comins wakar the sort of the wakar. prime the prime wakar of like 1993 and maybe wasim of 1990 that that would be what i would say Yeah, no, sh- yeah sh- I, right? there was that New Zealand test. You remember where Pakistan scored some six hundred runs or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> he bowls like he gets a five wicket haul in no time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the reason why I brought up uh, Roach, I I remember now is when when Roach reached two fifty wickets. He reached two fifty wickets, right? Recently, and and there was a sort of a stat uh, thing comparison on uh, the TV when he did that. Basically, he's got two fifty wickets in seventy three tests. at an average of 26.8 and a strike rate of 52 right 14 uh, uh, like 10 five wicket hauls 14 basically, times four wickets etc it's gillespie's record basically it's gillespie's but then there was also roach it was there was a comparison with roberts andy roberts who has got 200 202 wickets at 25.6 like pretty pretty close average at a strike rate of 55 which i mean roach is better in that front and uh, you know 11 five wicket hauls for roberts 10 five wicket hauls for roach uh, so i mean numerically comparable but i think the fact that number one roberts played in that west indies team number two it just there just seems to be this aura where you say that you know roberts holding i mean marshall i can understand marshall was a completely different sort of league but you know the that sort of the other bowlers seem to be like you can't touch them it's like you there is no right you, that you have to compare any of these uh, bowlers to them but gavaskar uh, said gavaskar said that roberts was the cleverest fast bowler of them all that that's it finished i mean uh, 
Exactly, but the why nobody says Roach is the cleverest fast bowler is because he's playing with like some six other all-time greats. No, like yeah, I mean, it's because Gavaskar in the international didn't face scene. Roach, no, because Gavaskar didn't face Roach. No, no, Gavaskar and Chappell both both uh, bat for Roberts and both say that he had he had two bouncers. This see, no, that's this all is, fine. See, I mean, no, I'm no, 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 there's no faith. But you see, here's yeah. what's happening over there. You have to see what's happening over there. It's like. Gavaskar and Chappell are sticking up for a player of their generation, like one of their peers. They're sticking up for like their guys, you know. So that's what that that's the whole sort of thing about generations. You know, you will you will you will. It is very 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 rare to find like a player from back in the day saying, "Oh, these guys are better than us." You know, like for instance, isn't there this whole thing in Australia right now about the current Australian players? Uh, not getting on with uh, like the Ponting uh, and Hayden and all that. Langer, Langer, and, basically, yeah, yeah, it, because yeah, because of the beef with Justin Langer and stuff. And isn't there like some major diplomatic effort going on between the two, like you know, Hindustan, Pakistan, like you know, they're like you know, Cold War uh, adversaries. Is this like this is this is the classic thing? No, I mean the in the sort of the. in the parlance of any era you know people from players from one era stick together you know it's why you know it, there is no conversation about off spinners in which uh, ian chapel will not bring up Ash- you know that's a fair point but the other point i want to bring up is how like you know the gavaskar example itself like the batting uh, point of view a gavaskar automatically gets credit for being a great batsman and gavaskar was a great batsman there's no doubting that but the extra points that he gets the brownie points is because he played his career at a time when there were no helmets right like gavaskar was facing all these great west indian bowlers and uh, dennis lilly and everyone else without a helmet that's fair enough but he used a skull cap Yeah, yeah, he used a skull cap, and thankfully he didn't get hit. Okay, that's all fair enough. And he was, he's, of course, he had that superior technique where he would not get hit. I completely agree with all that. Then at the same time, why don't you give uh, Roach a little bit of extra credit because Roberts bowled at batsmen without helmets, while Roach is bowling at a time when batsmen do have all the advantages, right? So why don't you give him that uh, advantage? But Sid, you don't understand. You see. How did you learn about the greatness of Gavaskar and and Roberts? I learned it for the first time through. I still remember reading this in Sports Star. I read this Raju Bharatan uh, piece, and it was like you know a special Raju Bharatan piece, like all special there. And then he's recounting a conversation, imaginary conversation he's having with Gavaskar, you know, about Indian openers struggling in some overseas tour. No, I think it was either England in '96 or uh, something, something in that era. And uh, you know, Raju Bharatan is talking to Gavaskar, and Gavaskar is telling him all this about technique and this and that, and you know, uh, and Raju Bharatan is speaking as like this imaginary lesser Indian opener, and Gavaskar is replying to him. And at one time, like Bharatan replies, he says, "But Sunil, you might be able to cope with the ball." you know whizzing by inches from your nose i cannot do that like you cannot compete with that you 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 there is no there is no evidence you can offer which is ever going to like you know overcome like the the aura and the image which that produces in your in your mind 
you know that's just an extraordinary thing you know and you know bharatan had that ability no but i know that's fine but then give the same uh, thing to roberts no say that roberts was one of the advantages that he had was the batters didn't have helmets so his potency was even more amplified because of that so uh, that is never given so like yeah, a lily or a roberts never gets that uh, sort of uh, thing that as the qualification but you can't compete with like you know the rampaging roberts at chepok being resisted with purely with square cuts by vishwanath you know in to while vishwanath made 97 you cannot compete with that 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 makes roberts out to be like this extraordinarily beautiful monster you know and mere fast bowlers who called kimar roach cannot compete with that this is this so so on your on your point of player standing up for the era that makes perfect sense right i mean um, um, chapel talking about ashley mallet or or so many other sort of uh, uh, you know examples like that but my question is 20 years down the line would would current kimaroj contemporaries talk of him the same way i am not sure yeah i don't think anybody is going to stand up for kimaroj 20 years down what, the line i'm yes. sorry right now right now virat kohli right now tries to stand up for his for his for his player you know surya kumar yadav he says you know surya kumar yadav plays another uh, you know uh, video game innings the best player in the world so and so and there are kohli fans writing to kohli saying you're the best player in the world shut up you know <laughs> it's 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 happening <laughs> so <laughs> yeah this is taking a uh, uh, you know kohli fandom to a new level <laughs> so 20 years from now when kohli says something uh, some guy on twitter will say something memorable like that and we will remember that yeah but i mean i think i think uh, yeah the, the, the there is definitely a variance in terms of that eras also like i think the gra- the maybe you one can say that there are certain players and certain uh, countries from which they do that but Yeah overall I think a lot of players it's just they just like they played in a weak team oh Kemar Roach will get grouped as will get grouped among these bowlers who bowled for this West Indian team that was not so great went and got hammered everywhere one a few tests at home but again hey that's at home that you know that it'll become that kind of a thing but but one point uh, sorry, I want sorry sorry but know, to be fair no to be fair someone like Ian Bishop for instance talks of Kemar Roach in that league and and you know he knows won his cricket his bowling and more importantly the history of his indies bowling and for him to put kimar roach in that league tells us that that there are people who recognize that and and i also believe that you know some kind of revisionism will happen over time and uh, and we will perhaps give uh, give him due credit no but as a as a cricket matter it's not even in question kimar roach is in that league i mean you take to uh, take 250 wickets at 26 you're as good as someone else who took 250 wickets at 26 you know it takes a long time to take 250 wickets it takes a long time to play 70 tests you know it takes a long time and a broad range of conditions and opponents over which you get to collect 250 wickets especially if you're playing for west indies and not for england or australia you know so yeah as a cricket matter it's not even in question yeah kimar roach is a great bowler but we are talking about greatness and that depends on whether you have like raju bharatan the champion you know 
Yeah, yeah, that actually is the point I wanted to bring up. This sort of the economics of greatness as well, right? Like you need a certain system to champion your greatness. Like uh, a Kimar Roach or a Kane Williamson or uh, even Kane Williamson, okay, is like he's probably an exception there. But uh, say a Ross Taylor or anybody, you know, from uh, the small six, so to speak, uh, you know, uh, don't have that uh, ecosystem. The their, their games are not uh, as widely watched. They don't play anything more than a, often don't play anything more than a two test series or, you know, even three tests is a big luxury. A team like uh, Sri Lanka, a team like New Zealand, how often do they play three test series even? So there, there is like, first of all, uh, Joe Root and uh, Kohli and Smith are playing far more test cricket than uh, many of the other uh, contemporary uh, batsmen. That's number one. Uh, they are more visible. Their, their matches are more covered. They are more uh, sort of celebrated. They're, uh, you know, the biggest uh, publications and the websites and Twitter, everybody like they They get a lot of uh, play, but uh, many of these other teams don't get as much play. And that sort of that, that seems, has a huge effect on the conceptions of these things. And also on the record itself. I mean, forget the conceptions, even like record, like, uh, you know, uh, you, you, it's very. I mean, I, it's you play a two-test series, and you fail in one. Basically, then you have like two innings to sort of uh, redeem yourself, and then you know, unlike you say, you know, an Ashes series where you play five, five tests, then immediately you have these opportunities as well. So there's also that, right? Yeah, I mean that that is that's really I mean that that one it, you can clearly see uh, especially after this whole big three takeover of the calendar that it's quite obvious and and like someone like Virat Kohli for instance is a great beneficiary of that right in his first series in England he flopped badly then he had this massive five test series to kind of make amends but someone like a Mahila Javadana never never got that opportunity he used to go for one or two tests and play you know which is why like like a Sangakara doing well all over the world is exceptional because he, he had very limited opportunities and on your, and also like unlike the earlier sort of generation they didn't have much tour matches and so on so they directly jumped into test cricket and and for Sangakara to have such a good all-round record all around the world is is a different ballpark compared to one of the top three teams like like a Steven Smith or a Virat Kohli having that kind of a record because they just have plenty more opportunities to make amends and, and acclimatize to the conditions and and get better at those conditions. Yeah, Sangakara. I mean, you were thinking uh, of Sangakara. I was thinking of Chandapal. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, both of them actually. But Sangakara especially is a very interesting case. You know, Sangakara gets sort of a lot of praise for being elegant, and I never understood that. Uh, but he was an extraordinary player. I mean, even granted, he played in a very flat era, you know, a very, very, very batting friendly era. But even there, he made like something like 8,000 runs not playing as a wicketkeeper at like 65 or something like that. That's extraordinary. That's not many other players did that for that much time. And so Sangakara does, you know, he did some extraordinary things. So, I mean, he is a terrific player. And yeah, they don't get the opportunities, you know, to play a three, four, five test series. You know, I mean, they don't, for instance, get to play at Melbourne or Sydney where the pitches are different from, say, Perth or Brisbane or, you know, uh, and so on and so forth, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, Sri Lanka got to play a one-off test in, in England in 98 and they won it. 
you know murli dharan took 16 wickets and uh, arvinda and uh, and jayasurya made hundreds and i think someone else also made a hundred and uh, so on and so forth and it was extraordinary but it didn't lead to them getting four or five test series right and that's just economic. no i think it led to them getting three test series that itself was a start yeah 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 the the final point of course added to this added to the economics is also now this multi the three format thing no like i mean earlier you had basically i mean for uh, till the 60s it was just tests and then after that you had tests and one dayers but even tests and one dayers you found that you know uh, it, it one dayers weren't as they are today i mean the one dayers of the 70s and 80s were closer to test cricket than the one dayers of today are and of course t20 now is a different sport altogether i mean t20 keeps changing so rapidly every year that you never know and 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 this whole thing comes into play like the players are now struggling to adapt to all three formats almost nobody apart from as, as we discussed ab devilliers and uh, uh, to an extent i mean i don't even know i mean i think ab devilliers is the clear gold standard in that uh has adapted to these formats and then this whole the whole concept the whole idea of okay what is what are you compare you okay this guy is a great one day player but he's an average t20 player but he's okay in test cricket i mean it becomes so muddled right i think the you know one day gave you the illusion that it was much closer to test cricket and therefore you you had to find these i mean i i'm i'm quite sure that like you know like a lot of people thought sachin was better than gavaskar not just because of the test record but because gavaskar was not a great one day batsman but it is absurd to compare the two because sachin played one day cricket when the format was more evolved it was more serious and and he was he had a lot more practice and so on right but like it it is it is you know in a way i am really happy that we are like making this completely different and even one day cricket how do you compare i i have no idea what is the benchmark for greatness in one day cricket today what what is the number like for instance um, you know for much of one day cricket average of 40 was considered great a strike rate uh, in the 70s and anything above 80 was considered great but i don't know what those numbers are today right so so one day cricket itself is has become very very difficult to compare between different eras and test cricket is still okay in that sense that i mean like kedi mentioned it's reasonably self contained each era is self contained and then we can adjust for it but one day cricket first of all the rules have changed the balls have changed the ground has changed the the ground dimensions have changed the bat has changed uh, it, it's almost a different sport compared to what it was 30 years back so i think it's a good thing i think the fact that we keep all these comparisons separate is a great thing so so one day cricket so tell me if you were to name three like the cricketers among the cricketers playing today if you were to name three great one day batters and th- or and three great one day bowlers can you pick them I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I would think Kohli is a, a great one-day batter. But I can't go beyond that. I don't know who are the top three. Kohli is a great batsman, but I don't know if he's. I mean, I I know he's in the top three. Kohli is not a good example. Actually, I this this is one thing which I have written quite a bit about uh, about you know uh, comparing one days across eras because the rules have changed, etc. Et There's like three or four people somewhere. Uh, I'll send them to. uh but yeah definitely kohli is definitely an all time great i think mitchell stark is an all time great one day bowler one day bowler uh who else who else said ajmal said no, no, ajmal no playing i'm playing uh, today i want i want uh, players playing today i know stark and kohli i can uh, get, i can vaguely guess but who else yeah stark kohli i would say uh bestow 
Yes, too. Uh, Mahesh is uh, whispering Rohit, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. If you want to, I mean, uh, but I mean, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would put uh, David Warner, Jason uh, in, Roy, in there. Uh, not really. Not not. He's not really in the best. So he's sort of lesser than. Little bit lesser than best, you know. Meaning, and what about bowlers? Oh, Bumra, Josh maybe. Butler. Josh, Josh, uh. Josh Butler, definitely. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, you know, uh, I would have uh, just Pete Bumra. Then you would have uh, a what's his name, uh, Mitchell Stark. I uh, you also have. I think you would also have Cummins and Rabada. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean they are. They are. They are as, as as good as any of their predecessors. But see, the thing about greatness, if you are to summarize this now, is that there are sort of two ways of getting at greatness. One is the sort of the greatness which comes from being memorialized by Raju Bharatan, which you cannot argue with, you know, which is immutable. Uh, and then there's a greatness in the record, and that that you can argue about and dispute and uh, you know measure and that I think that second greatness is much more fun and much more uh, so sustainable no but also i think the other problem is that uh, generally in cricket i mean historically there have probably been a few sort of uh, publications and things that discuss this on a regular basis like i think wisden used to do like a, the you know wisden did the wisden 100 once and all that and you know the newspapers often like every year they would put out things like uh, these things, but these days the sort of and and I'm talking about like you know uh, talking not the uh, nostalgic uh, sort of uh, discussions. I'm talking about the actual record-based discussions. But these days that also seems to have died down. And like you know, who do you like? What is that? Uh, you know that uh, really annual article or annual thing that you look forward to to discuss these things. There isn't that sort of uh, benchmark. No anymore so i mean you you can come up with it by yourself but it would be nice if there was uh, somebody taking this seriously and doing this on a regular basis so that you know you can say okay last year this is this was our top 3 or this was our top 5 and then this year we have changed it to this etc cetera, etc cetera. so there isn't that i mean in baseball and other american sports they they still have that i mean there are uh, places where people will go and they they will there are places that regularly publish these things every year at the end of every season. There are awards given and all, and there is like a massive discussion around all this. So uh, cricket doesn't seem to have that uh, anywhere. True. I mean, it did. No, I mean, Wisdom, the annual almanac was that thing. But since the internet came about, Crickinfo doesn't really do it. I mean, they're the one set of one publication which could do it if they decided to, but they, they don't. They have the awards thing, and I don't know if that serve the same purpose. They don't do it in that sort of the rigorous way in which they can and they have done some stuff like that in the past but it doesn't seem to be like a regular occurrence is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so yeah, maybe 81 All Out we should do like some uh, the, the we should go the other way. should say the uh, most spectacular collapses of the last 20 years. The most disastrous performances of the last 20 years. We set the benchmark from the bottom. <laughs> the greatest heartbreaks. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, I think uh, this was this was a good discussion. We covered quite a bit. Uh, 
a regular reminder uh, 81 all outs uh, project into republishing cricket classics uh, please pick up war minus the shooting by mike markesy cricket beyond the bazaar by mike coward two books that we republished and uh, you know two wonderful reads uh, hopefully we will come up with something else pretty soon uh, also uh, 81allout.com is our website at 81allout on twitter uh, would love to hear from you feedback uh, on our website or tweet to us anything will be valuable please rate and review our podcast that is also good and i recently found out that if you listen to us on spotify you can actually even leave a comment in that uh, podcast space you know i saw a couple of people commenting in uh, uh, the previous podcast so that was great thank you also for all the wonderful uh, words for our previous podcast which was on with uh, the founder of cricket for simon king and an early pioneer uh, that seems to have uh, you know really got some attention and uh, taught quite a few people about the origins of you know the both the internet as well as cricket scoring and uh, archiving so yeah thank you for that and uh, we'll hopefully see you for our next episode in the next week or 10 days thanks india have won the test match india have won the series they're going to get back for two india at home lords goes wild